Putin! Get out of Ukraine! Today is Thursday, February 24th, 2022, time for episode 168 of the Barnhart Podcast. And we got an email about, about a week ago or so saying that somebody was suffering from severe podcast withdrawal. So this is two podcasts in two days. Maybe they're going to be dealing with podcast overdose. Goodness. I don't know. The, the first step is admitting that you have a problem. That's that's would be my first response. But um, well, given that overdose is possible, we have the medical uh, the medical help on on the line here tonight. So we have Doctor Beep and Nurse Claire, and we have all kinds of topics to talk about. But honestly, I think we need to start with the Ukraine. Well, yeah, considering that that World War Three might be breaking out. No, no, no. It's it's Putin is having a mostly peaceful protest on the borders of Ukraine. Ah, well said. Well said. It's uh it's it's an absolute mess and and I've as I've been saying for quite some time now, why why wouldn't Putin and and Xi Jinping, why would both of them not move against um the Biden regime? I mean, if if your opponent is has applesauce for brains, and the United States military is basically trying to project all day, every day, that it is functionally incompetent, um, that it is, it's more concerned about making sure that the drag queens are, uh, are being provided for than anything else. Why, why wouldn't some, some monster like Putin why wouldn't he move? Why, why, why wouldn't the Chinese take Taiwan? I mean, and the other thing to remember, this is, this is all a continuation basically of, and it's a proof, it's a proof set of the fact that what the quote unquote Biden regime is, is it's just a continuation of the Obama and to, and to some extent Hillary Clinton agenda, you know? Biden clearly isn't running anything. So you so you're you ask yourself, okay, who's running the damn country? Who's setting this agenda? Who's putting all this in motion and doing this crap? It's the same. It's exactly the same people that were that were controlling Obama. Obama wasn't making any decisions either. He was upstairs in the office above the Oval Office, locked in there all day every day with Reggie Love who is his sodomite partner, and he'd lay up there and they'd watch ESPN and engage in sodomitical acts all day long. He wasn't, he wasn't running anything. Um, you can also make the argument, I was talking with someone about this just a few hours ago, that the same, the same could kind of be said for, for Donald Trump. If you, if you observed and looked at, just looked at his Twitter feed, you could tell that he was spending his time watching Fox News, watching CNN, watching MSNBC, and then on Twitter having these having flame wars about what people were saying about him on on cable news. How how can you possibly be running the country if that is how you're spending your time? And so all of this all of this is happening. It's it's unnecessary, as people, as the more rational set of commentators keep saying. It, this none of this needed to have happened, but it's all a function of of the 
the wild corruption just everywhere. And so I think, especially as Americans, we're all, we're, we still have this notion that everything is like sports. There's two teams, you're rooting for one, they are the quote unquote good guys, you're rooting against the other team, they are the quote unquote bad guys, and everything can be completely delineated as such. And I look at the Ukraine situation, and I have, I have contempt for both sides. Ukraine is one of the most spectacularly corrupt nations on earth. I think maybe a lot of Americans don't appreciate that. Um, you should with all of the Hunter Biden stuff. I mean, the just the crap that was going on with, you know, money that the Ukrainians giving Hunter Biden 80,000 a month for nothing. And it was all clearly grift and Biden openly bragging about the fact that he was he was giving the Ukrainian government ultimatums, either you fire the state prosecutor who is investigating um, Hunter's corruption and all of that, or else the United States government is not going to give you billions of dollars in guaranteed loans or, or whatever it was. The Ukrainian government is, is corrupt, the culture is corrupt, and so, and obviously, and obviously Putin is nuts. I mean, people are saying, well, Putin has been saying all kinds of things about, you know, um, not not permitting the American um, satanic cultural influence to come in. And, and that's right. That is true. Um, but look at Putin, the man himself. Look at the plastic surgery. Look at his, you know, look at his private life. Look at his history in the KGB, um, the brutality. Sure, of course, of course, uh, Putin's um, walking into churches and, and, you know, crossing himself and doing all that. Of course, that's all show. Of course, it is. And of course, he's he's positioned himself as trying to say that I, I am on the side of maintaining Christian culture, which absolutely is a good thing in say. But is but is he? Is he genuine about that, or is this just him juxtaposing himself against the um, the decrepit and crumbling post-American empire, which is in fact trying to aggressively export all of this this wokeness and this sodomy and all of this into Europe and and so forth? Um, it's it's hard it's hard to say i'm rooting i'm just not rooting for anybody and almost just rooting for casualties because there's there are innocent people that get caught in the crossfire and all this but how can we be surprised this this is no surprise at all we've the, these these storm clouds have been gathering for years and years and years and frankly i'm surprised that it took them this long um what are we we're a year into the the President Applesauce for brains. I mean, the fact that it only took them a year to do this is is surprising. And I don't think, if I had to guess right now, I don't think that you're going to see a major American uh, like deployment of force, boots on the ground or anything like that. I, I think that Putin has played this, has played this in the sense that he's read the American situation, right? That the, the Americans are just in no position. They're in no position to do anything. And if they did, the, the leadership 
uh, is so inept and so unable to actually prosecute and fight wars that I, if if I were if I were just a normal workaday Ukrainian civilian, I'd be nervous. But then again, what what is the alternative? You're going to be living under you're going to be a puppet state under Putin's control instead of being under the the spectacularly corrupt government that you have now. It's it's six of one, half a dozen of the other, it seems to me. Um, so that's just very, very quick first impressions here. And I have to wonder how much of this is all about uh, natural gas and other resources that are going on there. Obviously, um, the news is that the Germans are going to hold off on certifying the Nord Stream pipeline coming in mm-hmm. uh, through the through the Baltic Sea. I think it's through the Baltic Sea, through, through the German North Coast. But that's a, a, a paper tiger because that wasn't scheduled to happen until this summer. The, uh, the financial sanctions that were announced, as I understand it, don't go online until March 1st. So the, the Russians are free to trade in sovereign debt and, and all the other stuff for, the, for another week or so. I don't know that this is really doing much of anything other than expending some, some rounds and testing some stuff in, in, in Ukraine. And in terms of hydrocarbons, I don't really know who this, who this is benefiting or hurting. But anyway, um, I think I think there's large swaths of Europe that are highly dependent upon natural gas coming from Russia. I think the, I've read some reportage that in Italy they're expecting they're expecting the cost of, of heating and natural gas. It's already gone up a lot and they're expecting it to at least double again from here. Now, the other side of this is that spring spring is arriving. And so people aren't going to need to be heating their homes for, you know, six, seven months. Um, they're going to need to cook. They'll need gas for cooking and all that kind of stuff. But um, the, the timing in, in that sense is on the side of, of the Europeans. But, yeah, I mean, he Putin definitely has Europe o- over a barrel in terms of hydrocarbons. No pun intended. Um, no pun intended. And the Germans have also announced that they are shutting down all of their nuclear reactors just because they're woke. Um, nobody nobody except maybe the French. I think the French have been maintaining and maybe even trying to bring online new nuclear plants. The French have a large nuclear energy capability. I don't um, know if the French are building more nukes. I know that the Germans, it was after Fukushima uh, had, had its accident, that the Germans announced, we're going to shut down all of our nukes. And no sooner than they actually finished turning off the last one of their nukes than the green the green people say, and actually nuclear is fine. So, hey, we, we've been going for uh, 11 and a half minutes here. We need to introduce the other uh, folks on the, on the podcast. I mentioned yes. uh, w- this might be podcast overdose f- for some folks. So uh, maybe we need a doctor to chime in. And uh, I, it, this, is, this would be a fun question as part of the panel Q&A. It was really directed at Ann, but it, this is kind of a, an interesting one to, to toss around to, to tell for everyone to answer. But, um, you know, with, with regard to Ann, since she lives in a van down by the river, how do you keep up with current events? And uh, might as well just throw it to Dr. B, but he doesn't live in a van by the river. But um, this question obviously varies from person to person. Do you follow Twitter? Do you follow mainstream news? Do you read, a, you know, the fish wrap? What do you, what, how do you keep up with, with modern events? Well, hey, guys. How's it going? Hey. <laughs> Long I, time I just no miss, here. Yeah, I know. Well, I had the COVID. Uh, Good for you. Congratulations. Yeah. Well done. So yeah. I got my free vaccine, lost my sense of taste and smell. 
Uh, I've got congestion now. I had a little cold that I caught. So if I sound a little weird, that's, that's why, uh, I just want to say, I agree with everything Anne said pretty much there, there at the intro. Um, how do I keep up with, well, I basically ignore the mainstream media as much as possible. I mm-hmm. listen to all kinds of different podcasts. Uh, Tim Pool, uh, Joe Rogan, you know, kind of just a, a variety of them out there. I pay attention to Twitter, Gab, Instagram. There's some few independent uh, news sources on there that I, I pay attention to. Uh, yeah, that's about it for me. It's, yeah. it's interesting that this this whole Ukrainian war situation, but if you wanted to see what's going on... I don't know. You might be too young to remember the very, very first Gulf War in the in the early nineties. Oh, um, I remember that. <laughs> that thing was on CNN. You just yeah. you just turned on CNN and watched that thing happen. Yeah. That's what put and CNN this, on the map. Wolf Blitzer yeah. Yeah, live Wolf on the Blitzer. front with with uh, the tomahawks flying by. Yep, absolutely. And this, it's all if you want to actually know what's going on. And this is also the same for the the Canadian trucker protests. If you actually wanted to know what was going on with regards to the protests, you had to look on on Twitter and other social media yep. platforms, even like TikTok. And there's, you know, everybody's got a high definition camera on their baby television 4K. that they're all walking around with, 4K, yep. and and you're that's the only way you get any actual information and have eyewitness uh, intel about what's going on because the mainstream media would do things like, you know, behind the camera, there's 2,500 people, but they set up the shot so that there's like, you know, four people in the background and they say there's nobody yeah. here. And then yep. meanwhile, you've got, you've got 10 people with iPhones sitting there filming all this in real yep. time, putting it on social media in real time. I, I don't understand why the mainstream media thinks that they're getting away with this crap. Well, I mean, in the, in knowing all this now, you know, I really start to question, you know, like, did the full, did the first Gulf War even happen the way we were told? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm not trying to go down any crazy rabbit holes about historical events, but knowing what we know now, and knowing the stranglehold and monopoly that the mainstream media has had on information for the last hundred years, I don't and trust their willingness anything. to lie and their oh, willingness to lie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Remember, remember that uh, the oh, the the Iraqi soldiers are bayoneting infants in the incubators. Yeah, Do you remember yeah, yeah. that? That oh yeah, yeah, that was like a some Kuwaiti diplomat's daughter, and it was all it was literally complete nonsense. Mm-hmm. And that was pushed as truth for couple decades until the truth got out Uh, but just things like that it it, you know I'm it's like we've talked about before that technology is definitely a double-edged sword because it does allow truth like that to get out yeah nurse Claire what's your what's your main circle of information gathering platforms oh um well, I also listen to podcasts, mostly No Agenda. Um, I read a website called Free Republic. Um, that's been that's Twitter. kind of you have to you have to know the backstory and politics of Free Republic, don't you? Yeah. Can you explain well, that? Because you were kind of you were a poster on there years ago, weren't you? It's a conglomerate. People, it's a forum basically, mm-hmm. and people will just post news articles from all over the place. And then um, those who are members of the forum can comment. 
Mm-hmm. So sometimes the, the comments in and of themselves are educational. Yeah. Uh, but but it's a good place to go to just scan the headlines since Drudge mm-hmm. is, I mean, Drudge is defunct as far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned. He, he's dead to me. Um, I don't even look at Drudge. I haven't looked at Drudge in years, but mm-hmm. I will skim the headlines on postings on Free Republic. I will look at Twitter. Um, I'm not a TikTok person. Um, I'm not an Instagram person, but maybe mm-hmm. it's because I'm old. I don't know. Um, but Twitter and Free Republic and then uh, podcasts. And and there's some sub stacks that I've been reading recently as well. But that's pretty much it for me. And Canon 212 for churchy Canon stuff. Canon 212, absolutely. Yeah. Got to check both of Frank's daily updates, the, that that man has a work ethic that blows my mind. Um, I'm in the very fortunate position that I can just sit and wait for stuff to come at me because so many people are sending me stuff. But I will reiterate, we have talked about this and Super Nerd will back me up. Um, if if you email me, for example, something like a you, there's a video clip or something, and all it is, and all you email is a link, is a YouTube link, and maybe, you know, a, a headline or a subject header that says, you have to look at this. I'm not, I'm not looking at it. And the reason that is, is because when you're in, in a position like mine, people will send you pornography, you know, all kinds of things, just trying to goad you into seeing, they they want to trick you into, into seeing pornography and things like that. I don't open anything that doesn't have any context, ever. It's just automatic delete. So for the listenership out there, if, if you think that there's something extraordinarily important and uh, earth shattering that I, that I need to look at, um, you have to put context. You have to put some sort of a descriptor of what this is. Here, this here is this. Here's why you should look at it. Blah blah blah. If you don't do that, it's straight into the garbage. And the other thing is, is if you send too much, if you're if you're one of the people, and I, I always think that this these must be elderly people, and they kind of must not get how how the internet works. But you know that they sit around all day and it's clear that what they're doing is they're every every news piece they see there and you can usually tell because they've they've sent it to their entire contact list in the two field not in the carbon copy field so you know everybody can see every everyone else's email address it's again it's clear that they're they kind of don't understand how how email works and just constantly emailing you know every link on drudge every every link on this okay if if you're doing that if you're spamming people nobody is going to pay attention to you they're going to mark you as spam they're going to set up a profile where your stuff just goes straight into the trash don't do that don't do that if you send something send with context, here's what this is, here's why you need to look at it. Um, so I've got all that kind of stream of information coming in. And then of course, I've got you guys, I've got, you know, little micro chat group, and people are always posting interesting things that they've seen on Twitter, Gab, TikTok, whatever. And it's, it's, it makes it a lot easier when you're a person in, in a position like I am, where 
all all kinds of people are sending you this stuff so you can just basically sit back and and watch information come in already sort of pre-curated to a certain extent so that's the that's the van down by the river you know news acquisition thing the only twitter feed that i look at without i don't use twitter i don't post on twitter or anything like that i'm not on social media at all there's one twitter account that i look at just for pretty good headlines is um the the guy jack posobiec he has a pretty good interesting twitter feed with good um with good links and and kind of real time and that and he he kind of engages sort of the mainstream media i think but i think he appears on bannon too um so that's really that's probably the closest person to mainstream media that I even look at is the guy Jack Posobiec, P-O-S-O-B-I-E-C on Twitter. And that's it. Yeah, I second that. I like I like his his feed. Yeah. It's got it's got interesting content. I mean, so um in, in addition to everything that was mentioned there in terms of podcasts, um, the, the different social media channels like uh, Twitter, Instagram. I know I sent a link over over a signal earlier of uh, one, one of the um, YouTube videos I was looking at. But that, that's the one thing I was going to mention also was YouTube. It, it functions sort of like a social media platform if you use it that way. And uh, right before the podcast, I was noticing that that uh, if you click on, it's all it's all algorithm driven. So if you look at one or two videos that has to do with what's going on in Ukraine today, it's mm-hmm. going to start showing you more and more stuff. So you, it is a way that they do have hashtags. So you can follow a hashtag as opposed to just a, a topic inquiry. You can do a search on um, Eastern Ukraine and then modify that search to say, show me just videos from today only. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there, there are pretty powerful ways to filter your searches on that. But with regard to... Um, but it's also a Google property. So understand that it's there's censorship. In fact, fun, fun experiment, friends. If you have a YouTube account and you go into the comment section and try to leave a comment with a link to my website barnhart.biz your comment will not post i have been i have been across the board shadow banned from the comment section of youtube you cannot link to my website on youtube i so, shall try that after this podcast and try yeah. to link to this podcast talking about ukraine cool we'll see what happens mm-hmm. check back on episode 169 for updates yeah <laughs> but in, in terms of, of all the podcasts and everything the only one i would i would add to it would be um See, Norse Claire talked about no agenda. Um, one that I, I don't I don't follow on a daily basis, but when something significant happens, I've been listening to um, uh, Shapiro the last couple of days because he he sums things up uh, a lot faster than no agenda does. Um, and and it, with, with regard to breaking down the the announcement of, of the of the uh, sanctions that 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 were were announced, and that they don't actually take effect until March first, and they are largely toothless at this point. Uh, that I picked that up through Ben Shapiro, uh, so you know somebody somebody who's well, gonna, pe- who's, people are now going to say, well, there it is. There, there's proof that Super Nerd is in fact um, a Mossad agent, and you are my Mossad handler. If you're listening to Shapiro, so. yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. So that kind of oh, that kind of sums it up. I mean, there's yeah. there's shockingly there there aren't as many trustworthy sources. I don't think. Um, it, 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 I was well, just about to jump in and say that I yeah. my my news 
sources have been shrinking. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's so much disinformation. I find myself crossing lots of sources off the list. It really is amazing. Like you said, like Drudge, I haven't, haven't typed drudgereport.com into my computer for years now. Uh, and heck, back in the day, I was, I was on Fox. Late, yeah. I mean, can you believe that? We used to actually look at oh, Fox News. Oh, yes. I, mm-hmm. I was All at a, time. Uh, I was at the hospital. This was last year. I was in the doctor's lounge and they had Fox News on. And I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, this is way worse than I remember. Was it mm-hmm. this bad when it's, I was it's watching gross. this? It's, it's gross. Like, <laughs> it's gross. It's like daytime TV meets MSNBC meets someone who's pretending to be from like the south or the midwest like it's a it's all this kind of affected oh yeah no i'm like a totally one of you guys middle america right like mm-hmm. hate those dims you know it's, oh no it, oh. it's news entertainment with a leggy blonde on the end turn so you can yeah oh they always yeah the yeah yeah i'm attractive yeah, yeah. like totally conservative okay mm. yep gross lame so at some point, the kinetic action or kinetic kabuki, whatever is really going on in, in uh, the Ukraine, is probably going to visit us as well. And that leads into one of the uh, topics we've addressed here a few times, and that, that gets into medical prepping and, and being ready for things. And a couple of the questions that are we've had on, on the um, panel Q&A, which I put out the emails, and the, the, the yeah, or not the emails, but the, the Twitter tweets and, and the put it on the blog, send in your questions. And then we've at, at this point, we've gone through very few of them. So I kind of feel bad that we even did that to a certain degree, but we still have some good questions here that are, are kind of timely. When things start happening here in the United States, uh, as they are happening in, in the Ukraine, um, what you can pretty much uh, plan on is the electricity being turned off and water and sewage being turned off. And I know we've talked about, you know, you, you've got to be able to figure out how to, how to sanitize your water. You've got to figure out how to, how to deal with uh, your waste um, so go to Home Depot or, or Lowe's or whatever your favorite big box store is and get those five gallon buckets and a bunch of cat litter. That'll, that, that'll be helpful. But also with regard to, um, medications, one of the questions that was asked is, is it safe to take expired medications and for how long? Now the medical folks in here, I'm not asking you to answer strictly, but it's, it's, is it typical to, to assume that if a medicine is supposed to expire, that's probably still good, at least mildly attenuated for a while after the expiration date? Almost certainly, yes. Isn't that kind of the common sense answer? I will answer that in a very vague way so that I cannot be implicated in anything. Yeah. Yeah. I will say that um, medical mission trips, people that do medical mission trips oftentimes collect from hospitals expired quote unquote Ah. or outdated medications um in medical supplies so my i guess the way to phrase it is that the for the most part expiration dates are just a am i allowed to say cya is that yeah okay or do we have to bleep that out it's a cya thing for um the manufacturers I have expired medication in my hall closet at mm-hmm. home, and I, I would I would take it. 
And I think the risk with an expired medication isn't that it's going to turn into poison. The risk, the risk, if Mm -hmm. any, would be that it has a reduced efficacy as opposed to the day it was manufactured. That's the risk you're running there. Generally speaking, that's true. The potency of it is. um, There's there's kind of a known. degradation yeah no the potency decreases how much i don't know um but i it's not you're right i don't believe it turns into poison no (laughs) for for, for the vast majority of medications it's a very slow process of degradation losing uh, effectiveness over time I think it'd be different for each medication and it depends on how it's been stored. You know, th- mm-hmm. something like pro- propofol probably isn't going to last very well past its, you know, obviously most people don't have propofol, but something that has, you know, a lot of lipids in it or, or, or a formulation that needs to be refrigerated, it's going to be a little more fragile. There are some medications that do become dangerous. I'm really struggling off the top of my head to remember it. I know there's an antibiotic that can cause kidney issues. If you use it and it's expired, it can over time sort of convert. It has some kind of uh, issue with your kidneys. If I'm remembering something, something leads to Fanconi syndrome, but whatever my, my, I guess my advice would be if you don't know, and it's just an average, just kind of out there medication, you're probably okay. You know, obviously yeah. something from like the 1980s is probably too far gone. Right. Um, but I think the best advice is just if you have medications in your house and you're expecting to keep them for a sort of uh, feces hitting the fan sort of situation, just Google it, do some research now and know that you know, kind of have an idea of how long you can expect these things to be good. But in general, you know, I have, I have medications that are expired and I've in the military, we had medications that were expired and we would get basically permission to continue to use them because we couldn't, you know, refill them for whatever reason. So, right. I think, I think it's also to some extent, uh, a marketing ploy uh, with the pharmaceutical companies, just the same as it is with, um, with food, with, um, non-perishable foods, um, they they want to keep their inventory moving. And so they strategically put ex, um, expiration dates on things in order to keep that that um, that flow of orders coming. You know, people saying, well, it's expired, so now I have to replace even what I haven't used. there there's a certainly a component of that in all of that because as as we've all learned um big pharma is not the morally angelic virtuous um uh monolith that we all maybe thought that they were up until a couple of years ago so um they're not no they're not so do do not if you if you've got stuff and people are asking this a lot about ivermectin because they you know they get a bottle of ivermectin and they're saying well what what if i don't use this before you know the expiration date 18 months or two years from now should i throw it away and the answer is no keep it in a dark place don't expose it to light but keep it in a in a cool room temperature dark place and you know you don't have to throw it away the day the the printed label expiration date hits. Yeah, no, don't, you don't, don't have do to that. do that. No, no, no. <laughs> the medication I was thinking of was the tetracycline antibiotics. Ooh, <clears throat> you don't that's wanna... that's interesting because that's a pretty yeah. that's kind of a big one. So yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, so don't you know maybe if it's 
I, I don't know. I, I don't want to say too much, but yeah, don't don't keep that too long. <laughs> I guess keep those too long after the uh, expiration. Okay, that's good information. That's good to know. Yep. Yep. But things like Aleve or ibuprofen are fine for people to keep on hand. Benadryl. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the pill, anything that's in a pill form is going to be intrinsically highly stable, wouldn't it? I would think so. I'm not a far. I'd be nice to get it, to talk to a pharmacist about this and see what they, if they have any kind of inside info, information, mm-hmm. uh, you know? I'm I'm just a dumb, a dumb dumb doctor that just <laughs> I just do what I'm told. I follow the algorithm. I get the vaccine. No, I don't. My, could, I try to kill my patients. Try to kill your patients. Like all the, it's just like all the other cool doctors these days. <laughs> yeah. I just do what I'm told. Okay, Fauci said what, so. And for the listenership, if for some of you, if you're not familiar with Doctor Beep, um, he's being extraordinarily facetious because he's he's literally walked away and. You are no longer practicing medicine at this point, correct? Not I mean, right you're now. looking to get back in the game, get back in the yeah. game, but in a completely, totally different m- mode away from hospitals uh, and murderizing people and all that. Well, what I've told people that have asked me about this because you know I was all set up to do hospital medicine. I did internal medicine residency. That was what I wanted to do was basically be a hospitalist. Uh, and the way I view it now is. I would either be fired or have to quit because I'm not going to give remdesivir. I'm mm-hmm. not going to advise patients to get the vaccine. I'm not getting the vaccine myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you know, I'm not going to send someone to the, to the ICU to be intubated when mm-hmm. I know they don't need to be, uh, which are, these are things that I know are happening and are being pushed. And administration is telling doctors that this is what you have to do. And not only that, the medical boards are potentially going to go after doctors that are not doing what they're supposed to do in these settings. So I said, nope. And so I'm pursuing uh, sort of a functional medicine uh, thing. I, I'm a, an osteopathic physician. So I, I'm going to get into doing uh, more of that man, the manual therapy stuff, mm-hmm. you know, the osteopathic manual manipulation, uh, along with some other cool techniques that I'm learning. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, and doing, you know, make basically looking at people's diet and mm-hmm. kind of helping people clean up their life from that standpoint and actually trying to help make people healthy. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that's kind of the, that's the so, plan. And, I'm, I'm kind of working into it right now. And you're, you're, you're ideally your thought process is that you'll be writing very, very few prescriptions at that point. Is yeah. that correct? No, my, yeah. I, ideally, honestly, other than the prescription I would need maybe to, to get things for IV infusions, you know, like mm-hmm. vitamin C and, and things like this, I would prefer to not write any prescriptions. Um, yeah. So if, what's, the, what's the difference between, yeah. between what you're describing there and, say, a holistic uh, medical approach? And I have no uh, idea what this refers yeah, to, but it sounds... Yeah, it's very similar kind of idea, just like treating the whole person, uh, which is in and of itself is kind of an osteopathic uh, tenant. Uh, you know, treating the human being, body, soul, spirit, emotions, uh, not just treating it like a machine that has a little broken piece that you replace with a medication. Uh, you're actually trying to prevent disease. You're actually trying to work with the body to help heal itself. Um, 
I think yeah. diabetes is the best example of this to, to make people understand what we're talking about. The fact that all of these type, type 2 diabetics have not simply been told to go on a ketogenic diet is just is insanity you know it's it's okay here's here's your insulin and go wait go wait until your foot falls off and you go I, blind i think for me that was the big red pill moment in my career diabetes what yeah yeah i recognize i i remember sitting it was 1996 <laughs> i was sitting in my undergraduate nutrition class and the nutrition teacher was talking about um, carbohydrates causing insulin to be released and that insulin was the hormone that makes you store fat. And I had this epiphany moment where I was like, well, then why, why eat carbohydrates if that's uh -huh. what's making you fat? And I asked her and she gave me this blank stare and, and you could tell she went into robot mode and she was like, well, the government food pyramid and so many blah, blah, servings of grains, blah, blah. And then fast forward a few years later, someone um, in a hospital I was working at in a coworker put the Dr. Atkins diet book in my hand and I mm -hmm. read it, you know, and at the time, I mean, I, I was very young in my early 20s and the the man that I was seeing at the time, his mother was a diabetic. And she came home from the doctor and she said to me, would you take a look at this diet that my doctor prescribed? And, you know, I had just finished reading the, the Dr. Atkins book and I'm looking at this diet the physician prescribed her, you know, toast for breakfast, pasta for lunch, mm -hmm. potatoes for dinner, and then at the bottom of this booklet she had that was instructing her how to eat, it said, brought to you by Eli Lilly. Mm -hmm. And it occurred to me, every bottle of exogenous insulin I had ever handled as a nurse was manufactured and produced by Eli, Eli Lilly. Lilly. So, yep. This pharmaceutical company was instructing type 2 diabetics to eat in a way that their disease would eventually progress to insulin dependence. And that, yep. that was a big red pill moment for me when I realized, what are we doing in healthcare? We're not keeping people healthy. There's no focus on wellness, like Dr. Beep, you're talking about um, keeping people healthy and, and nutrition and vitamins and preventing disease but then when a disease does happen treating the person as as a whole being you know mm -hmm. and recognizing that one disease process doesn't just affect one part of the body but the body is an integrated thing mm -hmm. um so yeah, i'm all on board the functional medicine way to go and it's it's it would I think it would be nice to go to a someone who's giving you nutritional advice and things like that. But at the same time, you know that, you, that this is a doctor so that if if I have, for example, cancer, this person isn't going to try to BS me into saying, well, you know, eat, eat some special concoction of bananas or something and it'll cure your cancer. If, if you're dealing with an actual doctor and Dr. B, you know, correct me if I'm wrong 
putting aside the 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 scandal of the of the coof and everything if someone comes to you and they are they are legit sick and they need they need full bore allopathic medicine you're going to tell them hey you need to go and you need to see a liver specialist or you need to see a you know whoever you need to see a specialist about this you know yep. that that's no, what, that's the benefit i see to it that you're actually a doctor yep. yeah well and and i think that that's one of the things that things that's kind of been missing or that that gives sort of this kind of medicine a bad name because you do have people out there that I think, you know, I don't want to talk too much crap on anybody, but I I think maybe they take it a little too far where it's like, you know, don't ever see a doctor. Don't ever trust yeah. a doctor. Don't ever take any kind of medication or get any kind of surgery. And it's like, okay, I've seen the, I've seen the conclusion of that mm -hmm. in my training and in, you know, in my years as a physician, I've seen what happens on the far end of that. Mm -hmm. And it sounds really cool. Oh, we're just going to realign your chakras and what are, you know, we're going to pray over you. Yes, yeah. pray. But yes, that mass in your chest that keeps growing and growing and growing, that's cancer. Yeah. And yes, you should fix your diet. Yes, you should get exercise. Yes, you should pray. And yes, you should do any number of things. But once that, you know, we're, we're being, we're lit, we live in a poisonous world. And so, we're not living in paradise. Mm -hmm. We live in a, in a very poisonous world. There's all kinds of chemicals and all kinds of things that are affecting our genes and all kinds of stuff. And so you, you can get sick and there are things, you know, thankfully that we can do for some of these things. Uh, and so, yeah, that, that is kind of my goal is help people the way that I can, where I don't have to participate in this, uh, cult of death. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also be able to recognize when they need help or when they need to see a specialist or whatever, and we can get imaging or whatnot. To, to so, borrow yeah, a, a phrase, um, a macabre phrase, um, I, allopathic medicine, which for the listenership, if you don't know that term, that's just what we're talking about is like, like mainstream medicine that we've all known for our, our entire lives. Allopathic medicine should be safe, legal, and rare. Um, it should be people, people shouldn't be using it nearly as much as they are. Um, there's like, like we were just talking about with diabetes, for example, there's, there's ways to, to manage all that and even de facto cure it. Um, that does, that you don't even need to go to a doctor, but having said that, yes, we do have incredible medical technologies today and, and I'm convinced that a, a driving um, uh, motive behind the corona scam is the desire to make things like cancer, like diabetes, et cetera, et cetera, to make them as lethal as they were before. And that the, the elites and the oligarchs are just pissed off that people get cancer and still live to be 88 years old. They're pissed off that people get diabetes and then can live in, into their 80s. They want this stuff to be, I think, as it was in, you know, until the middle of the 20th century, where if you got cancer, it was basically a death sentence. Or if you got, if you got diabetes, it was just, it was a quick degeneration and you'd be gone within a, within a, within a number of years, that they're pissed off that medicine has advanced such that the average life expectancy 
is now higher and higher and higher. And they say, well, we have to make all these things lethal again, you know, make, make cancer lethal again. I, I, I'm convinced that they would all wear uh, trucker caps with that emblazoned across the top of it if, if they were given the chance and they could do it without, uh, without any consequences. Um, so, because if, if everybody's going to live to be 90 years old and you've promised um, Medicare and Social Security to all these people, I think that's what the a large motivation of the oligarchs is to just is to get the average life expectancy down again and offset the the legit advances in medical technology. Yeah, I think so. And, and I think you kind of hit on something early there about the, the nature of allopathic sort of mainstream medicine. It's sort of <clears throat> I kind of hate it, but I also am part of it in a, to a degree and I've been mm -hmm. a part of it and I understand the frustration of doctors and I understand the frustration of patients. You know, you have a, for some reason you're going to at least a yearly appointment with a doctor and mm -hmm. you know, why are you really doing that? Unless you have a specific problem that you're monitoring uh, a physician in the modern era is being, is sort of being expected to solve problems or to, to do things that they're not really trained or meant to do. Uh, what you need is a dietitian or mm -hmm. a sports medicine or a, a trainer. You need a, a trainer, a fitness trainer to help you get in shape or to eat right. Mm -hmm. And people are kind of expecting to get that from their doctor. You know, your doctor has five minutes to see you in their clinic because they're so busy and that's how many patients they have to see to make money. And you're in there asking, well, how do I do this and prevent this? And like, look, you got to, you got a mass in your skin. I'm going to, that's what I need to address. Or you've got diabetes. Let's just treat it with this medication. Mm -hmm. They don't really have the time. And honestly, not a lot of them have the training or the time. Well, to really Nurse Claire, would, Nurse Claire, would you like to testify to the fact that most doctors today are some of the most healthy people you've ever met in your life? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Um, talk about the obese smoker doctors and all that. I mean, oh, I think a lot of people don't realize how much of that there is. It's endemic. It really is. Um, I, even the people I work with, the majority of them are very overweight. Um, it's not uncommon to see them outside smoking. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think a lot of people out there think that oh they have this this notion that all the doctors look like the ones on on ER in that television show no, from the nineties no, no. and they're all young and buff and oh I'm gonna go out and jog and then like oh no uh, the other no, no. the other no but the other thing that has struck me about many of them is um, I see them in a social setting you know and the way they feed their kids. Ooh, just interesting. shocking, just shocking. I knew a pediatric um, hospitalist that her son would walk around with the bag of Hershey's Kisses for breakfast in the morning. I, oh I mean, my God. Legit, completely. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so I don't know. I, I mean, I hate sounding, I'm not trying to sound snobby, but you're expecting dietary advice from people that don't really have an understanding of it themselves. And I'm not sure how much um, 
I know in nursing school, I had one semester, one nutrition class. Um, I don't know how much medical school focuses on on diet, but I suspect it's probably not much. No, so the, you're the you're focus going is basically to the very little, and it and it's 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 right. summed up in advise your patients to work on their diet and exercise. That's about the extent of wow. it. And you're like, oh, okay. well, wow. It's, and, and, and the brochures that are given to patients, given to physicians to distribute to patients, I think are in large part sponsored by pharmaceutical companies, but oh, also course, the yeah. government, the government food pyramid. I mean, this is a rabbit hole. If anyone is bored, feel free to, to look at the government food pyramid and how much um, big ag, big sugar, mm -hmm. big whatever lobbyists had input into that. Um, and that's why the government's nutritional advice for you is so heavy in grains and carbohydrates and things that that eventually inside of your body turn into sugar and make you fat. Mm -hmm. um, that, that, that was all influenced by lobbyists. There's no science there unless you want to talk political science, maybe, but not science. Yeah. Um, so it the whole system is really broken. It, it's been infiltrated so heavily by the pharmaceutical industry. And again, I don't, I agree with Dr. Beep, like I'm not willing to throw out all of, of medicine. It's not all bad. There are good things that we do, but over the last few, I would say maybe 20 years, 30 years, we've gotten so dependent on prescribing a pill for everything and even on the patient end of it. Patients come to their physician looking for a pill. Yeah. If they don't leave with a prescription for something, they're irritated. Mm -hmm. And they don't, there's a lack of responsibility or accountability on, on the part of many patients because they just, they don't want to, to mortify themselves, I guess, or regulate what they put in their mouth. Mm -hmm. um, they you don't mean, uh, want I'm the, to- I'm the exception where I fired my doctor because he wrote me three prescriptions on my annual checkup. And I said, no, I, I don't need any of this stuff. And this was like yeah. prescriptions for, you know, I mentioned that I use like a breathe right strip to keep my nose mechanically open so I can breathe at night. He's mm -hmm. like, oh, I can write you a prescription for something like that. Dude, are you listening? I said, I don't want to take pills. That's why I'm doing this. I don't even want to take Sudafed if I can avoid it. That's why I have these, you know, a mechanical intervention to physically open up my sinuses so I can breathe. But yeah, I, I don't know. I've been called an oddball enough. I, I don't mind being an oddball in this what case. What were the other two? Was it, um, I've heard so many people say that um, they'll go to the doctor and the doctor will just no matter what they're trying to get you um on the like the cholesterol medicine oh, and stuff like that lipitor statins. yeah yeah statins, statins and statins yeah, and antidepressants there for a while they were I talking yes, about like statins yes. in the water what yeah where where the statins are in water what did you say no no yeah well i mean it was it was so accepted to be a good thing that i've heard doctors say that it should be in the water Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, it's it's just that good. I think they've backed out. I haven't heard anyone say that in a while, uh, but it, it was it's basically that ubiquitous. Like, oh, everybody basically needs to be on a statin. 
I don't know how when well I, that When I encounter patients in the pre-op area, everybody's on an antidepressant. Everybody's on a statin. Almost all of the women are on birth control or have um, an IUD. Wow. That's just... I, I, I feel mean, like I've uh, seen the movie so often. If you put a patient in front of me, I could like, like a like an old shaman, like put my my hand on their <laughs> face and be like, "Is simvastatin, hydrochlorothiazide, famotidine at night?" And then I, and then I'm like, "Oh, what happened? I blacked out for a second. Like I could see the, you, you can see the prescriptions." In yep. their face. You you mind melded with them. Yeah. <laughs> you you oh, felt their statins. Yeah. <laughs> After an experience like that, you feel like is the answer. Yay. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Oh man. Now here's a My question. Um, I'm gonna hijack super nerd. A lot of people within the last just few hours are asking um what what would the advice be if this turns into war and there's like a draft or, and I want, again, I, I alluded to this earlier, but Dr. Beeb, I want to put this to you. You, you are theoretically, it's possible for you to be called back up into the air force, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think what so. are you going to, what another... are you going to do? So just, just spitballing. <laughs> um, what what have you been thinking about if that eventuality occurs? And they say we we're going to need you to go ahead over and fight war against yeah. the Russians. Twinkies yeah. and lots of beer and get medically disqualified. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I would still be I'd still be the fittest applicant they'd have probably. Even yeah. if I tried to let myself go. Let's be honest. I I I'm not going to get away. I can't gain that much weight. I'm a hard gainer. That's terrible. Shut, uh, up. <laughs> Shut <yeah>. your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just can't stop working out. <laughs> I'm getting huge, but it's all muscle. <laughs> I just look too good to go, you know. I can't go fight and die. Uh, <laughs> maybe they like mean... I'd show up and they'd diagnose me with like narcissistic personality disorder. Oh, and then I'd get, and then I'd get promoted to you know they'd be like I oh, give this guy he should he could come in as a major but let's put him as a lieutenant colonel um, and then I wouldn't be on the front lines or anything uh, <laughs> or the or the other thing you could do I I mean I suppose if you walked in and just started railing about the sodomites or something oh, yeah. like that <laughs> what yeah, would like, they do you know oh my I mean gosh yeah that's a good point just come in yeah. and be like. Just like look at everyone in the room and diagnose them, like tranny. <laughs> <laughs> just, just get it wrong completely. And then when it's your like, question on is like, what you called me here for my medical expertise, yeah. right? <laughs> Diagnostic diagnosis time. Yeah, tranny, black, Mexican, skinny, fat. You know, and then you're like. All right, that was that didn't even describe any of these people, and uh, he hasn't even gotten to the redheads yet. Yeah, yeah. That guy's a ginger. ginger. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, and but, then just, I mean... like, just get really mad at the ginger, like you piece of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot join a force with people like that. These. Uh, 
your, your ginger magic, your, yeah. your, your witchcraft. Put a, put a hex on me. <laughs> yeah. For the record, I have a giant red beard, so yeah. it's okay. We we can say that word, you know. <laughs> That's our word. So, but I mean, you know, people are asking about conscientious objection, and um, wasn't it you? You sent you sent a meme, or I I ended up with a meme, and it's you know the it's the the woke the the woke tard screaming, you know, you're a you're you're a racist, you're this, you're that. We're going to war against Russia, and, and the normie is looking back and saying. No, I'm not going, yeah. and I hope I mean, they kill you. you know? <laughs> honestly, it's kind of the that's the story of middle middle America. Honestly, mm -hmm. I mean, every, we are always the the ones we're always the bad guy. Uh, middle mm -hmm. American, just Christian people, mm -hmm. uh, especially men, I guess. Uh, the the sort of whipping boy, but yeah, every time there's a war or a dirty job to do, they're they're gonna call for somebody that looks and talks and grew up in a place kind of like me. Uh, mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm over it. I don't know how 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 many generations in a row do we have to send our young men off to be killed or maimed or psychologically destroyed in some foreign rice paddy or trench mm -hmm. uh, for what? I mean, and I think this Afghanistan debacle that we just saw, how does that not wake people up? For 20 years, we sent our young guys over there to get blown up by IEDs, mm -hmm. giving ground back and forth with the Taliban and Al-Qaeda. Uh, just to literally hand it all over at the end yeah. for for nothing, like literally mm -hmm. nothing. It, and same with Vietnam. And how do how do we not learn from this? Mm -hmm. uh, and I I'm encouraged. I mean, they're talking about oh Gen Gen Z, these Zoomers, these stupid young kids. They don't even want to go fight wars. Like they're only like twenty percent of them support going to war or whatever. Or would go to war. It's like no, they might be fat. They might be addicted to video games and pornography, and they might all be on Ritalin and transitioning to a different gender but they're smart enough to know that there's nothing in it for them to go yeah. get blown up to get their head blown off in a field in afghanistan uh so nancy pelosi's stock can go up in exactly Raytheon, yep. Uh, yep or 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 whatever else what whatever the stupid game is that the elites are playing it mm -hmm. never benefits us oh you got the gi bill okay cool i got a worthless degree now Exactly. What, what is the point of any of this for any of us, for, for any, anybody in mm -hmm. middle America, especially at this point, the military is an experiment to see how weird we can get yep. and how much, uh, transsexual ideology we can push on the world in no person in their right mind is going to sign up for this. My, my thing is if they call me and say, Hey, Dr. Beep, we need you to come back and put on that uniform. Uh, I'm going to tell them, well, first of all, I'm not getting a vaccine. Secondly, uh, I'm going to show up with my my giant red beard hanging out all over the place. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell people because there's no – the rule of law is basically dead. Yeah. There's no respect for an ethical or moral stance anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, and – these people have no respect for humanity in mm -hmm. general. So I think you just have to play dirty. I think you have to, yeah, become a lunatic, show up, uh, pull a Ted Nugent, show up and not have bathed for a couple of weeks, maybe uh, crap your pants a few times <laughs> before you show up and 
and then yeah, use a bunch of racial and ethnic and gender slurs, or just start room. raving about the the <clears throat> the necessity of the purity of our bodily fluids. Yeah, yeah, I'm a pure blood, not like you, dirty. <laughs> you dirty vaccinated people. Well, I, was, I was making a reference to to uh, Doctor Strange Love, but yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh gosh, I haven't seen that. In very long. <laughs> you time. haven't. Uh, yeah. you're, the, you're the second person I've talked to this week who said that. I got. Okay, I gotta, everybody on the Barnhart podcast. Everybody has to. Everybody has to it's watch Doctor Strange Love this. Doctor Strange Love this week. It is homework. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. But yeah, I I don't know. I don't have any real great advice. I just know that. It's it's all so stupid. And this Ukrainian thing, like we were talking about earlier, not to loop back too far, but what what could we possibly have to gain by going to war with Russia? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Putin's in. Well, I don't know if he's insane. He's he's acting like a bully, and he's not. You know, a lot of people that are Christian are like, yeah, he crosses himself. He goes to church. And yeah, whatever. I respect that to the to the extent that. At least in Russia, that's seen as something that a politician should do. So they've got mm-hmm. that on us. Uh, but he's not morally superior. I mean, he's he's killing innocent Christians right now, probably. Uh, but at the same time, you the the people in this country want to go to war so we can defend the trannies in you in the Ukraine because that's yeah, our priority. Yeah, like yeah. that's those are the tweets I'm seeing. Like if we don't defend them from Putin, he's going to just round up and kill all the gays. It's, Yes, that's that's a great reason for us to go to war with another nuclear power. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And isn't it, it, I mean, if you stop and think about that, though, I mean, isn't it just about right that the sodomites would drive would drive humanity to um, a mutually assured descri- destruction um, war paradigm? Over over themselves, you know. I mean, talk talk about the ultimate narcissistic move. Um, we need to go ahead. Need to go ahead and start a nuclear war. Um, in in the insistence that everybody in the planet ratify sodomy. It's yeah. um it's it's just about right. And that that actually ginger circles now brings us back. Jen Saki uh, circles us back to um. You know, I put up I put up a post a few hours ago, which in fact it came across um, the little micro chat group that we have. That um, we need to talk about the fact that with this whole Corona scam thing, that the United States, Fauci, you know, the 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 locus of that, the source of all that, I think it's pretty obvious was. Um, it is the United States and Fauci and all of that. Okay, so this is obviously a crime against humanity. It's the largest criminal criminal undertaking that's ever been executed in human history. And the roots of all of that come out of the United States. I, th- I think everyone listening to this podcast understands that now. How is it? I mean, if 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 we pinpointed that I mean, who, who should I who should I pick on uh, as an example? If if we if we pinpointed that the Estonians had done something like that, had had completely destroyed the global economy, committed a crime that touched almost every human being on Earth at some point, almost everybody has 
um, been told that they are supposed to be wearing masks, have been, you know, banned from this, that, and the other, have been told that they have to get some poisonous injection, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we're put into lockdown, we're economically crippled, on and on and on and on. This is the largest crime against humanity that's ever been executed. If we knew that the Estonians did that, wouldn't we all be sitting around here saying, well, you know, Estonia needs to needs to get its ass kicked. Um, why why do we imagine that the United States, as we all acknowledge, who is responsible for this at the core, um, why do we imagine that we don't, in a certain sense, have it coming? And the context of this is I posted a thing that just kind of pointed out that um, a lot of the very first strikes that Putin apparently did, missile strikes and so forth, were on were exactly the same places where all of the U.S. owned and controlled bioweapons labs, which there's a bunch of them, we have a bunch of them in Ukraine and have had for years, this is, this is open knowledge, we have bioweapons labs in Ukraine. And that a lot of P Putin's early strikes, interestingly, match up exactly with the locations of all these American controlled bioweapons labs. Why do we not have it coming? Why do we not have it coming? I, I mean, mean that's... It, go ahead. Wasn't it Padre Pio that said Russia is going to teach us a lesson at some point? I, I believe that he had made some kind of uh, yeah, I'm, pronouncement on that. I don't remember the exact quote, but it was something along the lines of, yeah, Russia is going to teach, teach us a lesson or teach the U.S. a lesson or something. Um, but uh, yeah, I agree. You know, it's kind of like that meme that I saw, I've seen going around of... You know, if America saw what America was doing in America, America would invade America to yeah, stop yeah. America from doing that. Yes, we. It sound well. It's it's hard to say we, because I don't really feel that we. You know, they all we the people are the government. You know, whatever they're trying to say there, we. I don't feel that we have a whole lot of power over any of our quote unquote representatives. They're all owned assets by China, mm -hmm. Israel, Raytheon, McDonnell Douglas who knows what mm -hmm. Saudi Arabia. Uh, but they are, we, I guess are all of the, the things that we are told morally to be outraged about. Yep. Uh, it, you know, I saw someone, Oh, Russia's just going in there and invading a sovereign country. All right. Well, what have we been doing for the last 20 years? Yeah. Iraq, uh, Afghanistan. I've been in Syria. <laughs> That mm -hmm. I thought was a sovereign country, uh, Libya, uh, Yemen, mm -hmm. all, and not to mention all of the the wars and and little wars and and whatnot that we finance. And speaking of which, you know, like I said, Putin's not a great guy, but kind of a dirty little secret is the United States has been playing around in Eastern Ukraine for years. Oh yeah, and not just like on vacation. Uh, I almost had to go to the Ukraine. Uh, in, in my military career, I know a lot of guys that have gone over there and trained and su supplied them with literally almost hundreds of millions mm -hmm. of dollars in, in equipment and training. Mm -hmm. And we've basically been fighting a proxy war there already. Yep. And these part of the reason that Putin feels or is justified in going in there is because these independent little 
what's a Donetsk or whatever, and then the other yeah. one, the little independent republics that have declared themselves. They literally are. I mean, they're Russian people that speak Russian and have Russian culture. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of. I mean, I, I I don't want anyone to misconstrue. I I don't support this at all. But they're they actually asked Putin to come help them because Yo, yeah. we've we've been we've been waging war on them for the last six seven eight years so yeah. we're gonna act now morally outraged as a country that, oh my gosh he crossed a border when one we don't re respect our own borders here in our own country we don't enforce them exactly. or protect them yeah and two we've been over there meddling supporting mm -hmm. people that are literally bombing and shooting russians mm -hmm. uh in ukraine and now we're going to act like it just just came out of nowhere. It's all total madness. We don't have any moral high ground. Uh, and even if we did, with the people we have in charge, I couldn't, in good conscience, support intervention mm -mm. On, f with us because we would bungle it. Mm -hmm. uh, our poor guys, the, the only people that are left in the military that are worth uh, being on the front line are decent middle american dudes <laughs> i know some yeah. of them and they're going to go out there and be killed because of our inept awful corrupt government that's in charge and it goes to the military too upper upper management in the military is garbage yep as we've discussed before they're all woke sjw uh makeup wearing high heels wearing weirdos mm -hmm. uh and then even if we did win, we're going to probably kill a bunch of innocent Ukrainians. That was kind of the math I did uh, on my my social media to people that were supporting us intervening. You know, I'm saying, hey, look, if Russia comes in, <clears throat> what's worst case scenario? They kill maybe a couple thousand people before Ukraine capitulates. Maybe mm -hmm. I don't know. Worst case scenario, they have an insurgency and this drags out for a while, uh, even if they win. Yeah, some a few thousand people die. If big dumb America comes in like a wrecking ball, swinging a huge club around like a, like a, like a maniac, hundreds uh, of thousands of people oh, will die. Yeah, hundreds, and most of them will be innocent civilians. Yeah. I mean, we again going back to the Afghanistan withdrawal, uh, we drone striked an innocent family, <laughs> and mm -hmm. they were like, "Oh yeah, it was that was a good one." You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you guys are inept. You're you're so worried about the SJW thing that now the people doing the drone strikes are no longer professionals. Well, they are, but the 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 focus is not on being good at your job, mm -hmm. not getting good intelligence on the ground. Mm -hmm. uh, it's well, we had to promote Major So and So because he's becoming a she and right that's brave. Exactly. and that's very brave and so that's what we need to do oh and by the way the guys that were really good at this job left because they didn't want to get a vaccine or because they can make more money on the outside and not have to deal with all of the sjw stuff so i mean i don't you know that was the, a very you, long tangent i apologize well, you said the a little, i get heated about this <laughs> you said well i mean you, you have you have skin in the game literally um you, you use the word proxy and i'm just looking at this and thinking is this a a proxy retaliation or um putin try, trying to to communicate to washington and the new world order that this 
this Corona crap is over. Your, your days of just running roughshod over the planet are over. He, Putin can't retaliate. Nobody, theoretically, is going to want to retaliate for the Corona scam directly against Washington, D.C., the, the, the mainland of North America. Um, it seems to me that if they're going to do anything to retaliate against the U.S., it's going to be these proxy operations, you know, um, is, is this Putin trying to retaliate and defend against more um, bioweapons American shenanigans without, without like bombing Washington, D.C., yeah. without parking subs off of the coast of the United States and aiming nukes? I mean, again, you're looking at, in that situation, you're looking at mutually assured destruction to some extent. Yeah. So why not, why not just go do it in these, these poor places like Ukraine? Again, it's a wildly corrupt place, but this, it's what's good for the goose is good for the gander. In the U.S., we pride ourselves on the fact that we, we own, we own our government. We, the people of the United States of America, in order to form a more perfect union, consent of the governed, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. The whole linchpin of the whole thing is that we own this and that we are responsible for our government. Um, it's a bad look. <laughs> And it's it, the same thing goes for Ukraine. If if you've got a wildly wildly corrupt government, as they do, um, maybe you should be trying to do something about this. I mean, yep. at at the end of the day, the piper has to be paid on all of this. So yeah, if <laughs> someone is acting in your name with your tax money, mm -hmm. and you don't at least say something and yeah. try to divorce yourself. Uh, how morally culpable are you? I don't know, but it seems to me that there's some culpability there. Sure, I mean, I mean this 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 is just war theory. Why yep. is it at a certain point licit to invade a country and involve civilians in crap like this? Because people are responsible at a certain point for their government, and that's. Yep. It's and Americans are right now a lot of people just they can't get their heads around the fact that this isn't, you know, 1984 and yeah. it's not President Reagan anymore and it's not this clearly delineated, you know, thing that the United States and the American culture that this is the, sh the shining city on the hill, this is the shining beacon. And, you know, we are, we are the good guys and we are the most moral nation on earth and all of this. It, it, I think people are still resisting coming to grips with yep. the fact that the entire moral edifice of the United States, what, what it ever had, is basically gone. The culture yeah, a, is irredeemably evil and the government is irredeemably yep. it's evil. A, it's a pile of garbage and feces with a few diamonds in it somewhere. Yep. You know, yep. that's that's basically what we're dealing with and that's what we want to export to the world. Get yep. out of here. You know, I, I saw a poll where they, they broke it down by age group uh, about who would support military intervention. <clears throat> and I don't remember if it was in the context of the Ukraine situation or just in general. Mm -hmm. And obviously Gen Z was at like 20% or something. They're like, no, no, you're sending yep. me over there to die. Yep. And then it, it just went up with each age group. 
And, oh yeah, uh, with the boomers, with the boomers the, being the yep. ones who are driving oh, yeah. all of this. They're like seventy yeah. percent in favor. Just like yeah. yeah, dude, you cannot kill enough children and get enough American kids killed. For my taste, I mean, yep. let's do it. Yep. Apparently, I mean, I, I, I there are people in that generation, obviously, that I love and respect, but th- yeah, I, I think a big part of that problem is yeah, they still think it's nineteen eighty four or nineteen fifty four. Yeah, and it's it's. Uh, the old America that we thought we had, it's not though. And they we need to wake it. up. We lost it. We allowed and, it to to yeah. be conquered and 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 snuffed out. Yeah. And again, who's responsible for that? At the end of the day, if, if you can't have your cake and eat it too, if you're going to say that your your government is of the people, by the people, for the people, consent of the governed, we the people of the United States of America. Uh, you, you can't then just say, well, it's not my fault. Yeah. Uh, isn't it, isn't it elections? Isn't everything about elections and elected representative Republic and all of this? Yeah. Uh, wh- when are you going to hold anybody to any, any real account? And yeah, I think that's what the, the blockade and the trucker situation was in Canada was it, it was for the first time in a very, very, very long time people in North America actually trying to do something legitimately to hold the government to account. Yep. hundred percent. And Canadians at that. Yeah. And Canadians really at that. <laughs> yep. Showed us the way, yep. you know, and, and like you saying, like you mentioned the just war theory, I don't think we have fought a just war as a country in a very, very long time. Yeah. It's been a long by time. By the very strict, definition of that word the, the, um, the fact yeah. that we haven't declared war since world yeah. war ii that's a little bit of a clue that maybe something's amiss yep. in yeah, just war theory too yeah yeah we we just keep on skirting the rules and somehow yep. that's that makes it okay in and of itself well they're they're not prisoners of war they're enemy combatants yeah uh, you know we can play these little ooh, little games we're so clever it's like you're morally corrupt um have you oh, guys ever heard of interrogation guy named- yeah, what? you know, and enhanced interrogation. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, have you guys ever heard of a guy named Smedley Butler? Oh, yeah. Yeah, unfortunate yeah. name. L- uh, link for the show notes, War is a Racket. Yeah, War is a Racket. Yeah, we is this were, a podcaster? We talking, oh, no, he, he was a general in World War One. And oh, he, man. Yeah. Whoa. He, two-time yeah. recipient of the Congressional Medal of Honor, and the, the rumor or the, the history, the legend is that he would have been awarded a third one, but he turned it down. Yeah, he pretty impressive guy. He In the interwar period, he he started to reflect and do some reading and, and looking around, and he he realized, my goodness, we just threw away an entire generation of young men for nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he wrote this book, War is a Racket. And of course, they labeled him a communist and a traitor. And he died, in my opinion, kind of mysteriously, very shortly after this, of cancer is what they say. I kind of have to wonder uh, about that. But he gave some very interesting ideas about how to prevent needless, endless profiteering wars. Uh, mm. And so when this is all over, when whatever happens is going to happen, and if the and uh, if if it hasn't been truly the end of the world as we know it, and Christ hasn't come back and reestablished the kingdom on earth mm-hmm. after this that's coming after this reckoning that we're about to all live through, I think mm-hmm. uh, if we're trying to repair or recover 
some kind of civilization. I think we should need to keep these kind of things in, in mind. And one of the things he, he was talking about was, you know, that just from a, a philosophical standpoint, if, if any person in a country wants to support a war, they need to ask themselves, is this important enough to the survival of our nation, of our people, that I would sacrifice my, my own child? Yeah. Not, not send off to war, sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Knowing they would die. Is it that important? And if it's not, you can't support it morally, mm-hmm. philosophically. Another thing that I thought was pretty interesting because he started, he got into the whole war profiteering thing. Like he figured out, holy cow, these guys were playing both sides. These, these yeah. ammunition manufacturers were literally sending ammunition and weapons to both sides throughout the war and making yep. tons of money. And they, they, we're going to make money regardless uh, of who won. So, you yeah. know, they're, they're completely faithless. Uh, he said, and, you know, this would be controversial. And when I first read this years ago, I thought, nah, this is too far. But his, his thing was, at the beginning, when war is declared, and war has to be declared before any American troops ever step foot on a ship or anything, once war is declared, any manufacturer any industry that is part of the war effort you know they make shoes for the war effort they make guns for the war effort those companies become uh nationalized for the duration of the war and the people that work in those companies the ceo gets the pay grade of a general and the guy that sweeps the floor gets the pay grade of an e1 and any profits made during that war go into the war effort and get paid out to uh, beneficiaries of people that fall in battle or some, it was something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And so just trying what, to eliminate all profit, eliminate. Yeah. And, uh-huh. and, and he, he went so far as to say, you know, because one of the excuses we've used to start wars before mm-hmm. has been, <clears throat> you know, transport ships, uh, being sunk by the enemy, uh, on their way to resupply the other enemy, uh, and then that's an excuse to get a, get us involved in the war. And he and he said, you know, during a time of war, you the manufacturer, the transports themselves take on that that liability, that risk. Mm-hmm. So your ship getting sunk while you're sending war supplies to one side or the other during a war cannot be used as justification to to get us involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had a bunch of other very interesting ideas. You know, obviously not everyone's going to agree with all or any of them, but I, I recommend that to people to read that. War is a racket. I think you can find it for free or very cheap. Uh, and it kind of gives you some ideas. Um, you know, we need to have a more Spartan look. You know, everyone in America respects and looks up to the ancient Spartans as an example of a warlike uh, people, but they were known for their caution and going to war. You know, they had three or 4,000 elite troops and that's a very valuable asset. You know, it's like our Navy SEALs or our Green Berets. They, those are, are, are so our special operations guys have been treated like toilet paper for the last 15 years. Yeah. When in fact, they're very valuable assets to this country. And, uh, Thucydides, if you read Thucydides, he mentions that one of the big complaints that the allies of the Spartans had was that the Spartans were too careful. They were too cautious in sending their soldiers out to help their allies because they valued the lives of their Spartan men so much because they were so valued by their society. And that's what we need to 
enculturate in our country. Life means something. You know, we yeah. we just treat life like it's just oh, it's a baby, kill it. It's a it's a soldier. Well, soldiers die. You know. Now well, they, yeah, they, when whatever. the leadership is all diabolical narcissist psychopaths, yeah. those people regard other human beings as just being meat bags. They are yep. they are objects. They are not subjects. They are objects. Yep. And so it's nothing. It is absolutely nothing for them. And even beyond that, they hold those meat bag objects in contempt yeah. as being, you know, uh uh what 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 did what what did Obama call them? Um, Hillary called them deplorables. Obama called them um, bitter clingers. Bitter yeah, clingers. Clinger. B- yeah. Bitter clingers. Yes, absolutely. And so, and I'm it's interesting as you were as you were talking, I pulled up the uh, the Wikipedia page of Smedley Butler and look at that date of death, June twenty first, nineteen forty. Boy, isn't that they conveniently got him out of yeah. the way? Yep. I mean, I mean, Hitler, Hitler had already moved into. I mean, the the war had already started. The war had already started in Europe, and he was conveniently no longer on the scene, just in time for uh, for the U.S. to to enter. Yeah. So, man, and Good something something else I remember about Smedley Butler that I've I've heard about, and I'm googling this as as or looking it up on on DuckDuckGo or whatever. Um, there was a plot to overthrow FDR and to do a communist takeover of the United States. And I want to say Smedley Butler was approached to help the, these people do it. And instead he turned around and, and reported to Congress about the whole plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously a very deeply committed communist. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> you know, these days they just call him a transphobe and his life would be over. They wouldn't yep. even have to kill him. He That's wouldn't right. be able to buy food at the grocery store. Or, yep. or they'd say he's an anti-vaxxer and he'd starve to death. It's, I, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how we stop that because obviously the entire, you know, deep state, these, this operation, this ongoing operation that runs things like we were talking about, you know, like you mentioned, Dan, like, yeah, obviously Trump wasn't actually doing anything. He was just Mm -hmm. on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Obviously Biden isn't doing anything. He's on the toilet or whatever mm-hmm. you know kamala's Asleep. not yep. kamala's you know she's the girl that shows up and forgot to study for the test and this kind of wings it and doesn't actually pass the test but sleeps with the teacher or whatever you know uh, whatever that, that's the, what we were all waiting for <laughs> something to say uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, not, this is you know family friendly but family friendly these people we're not are NC-17. not the, the, you know the people whose names you know and whose faces you see on TV. They're they're not pulling these actual strings. They're not writing the bills. The, the bills are all written by, uh, you know, these super PACs and by the Federal yep. Reserve banks and by you know they just hand our stupid rube patsy uh, politicians these bills to sign and squabble over on TV. So we all act like there's a show going on. Exactly. The plan has already been decided. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, you know, and, long, and it, long in advance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and 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 I, I I was listening to someone talk. I think it was Sticks Hexenhammer or whatever. He's uh he used to be like a Satanist, but he got uh, he got out of that. But he still has a very unfortunate name uh, on YouTube. But he was talking about how how convenient that Biden just happened to push his State of the Union address to uh, beforehand before he would have known that Russia was going to invade a mm-hmm. week 
to the day after Russia invaded Ukraine. What are the chances yeah. of that? So instead of going up there and blathering about how everything stinks and how pri- every, the price of everything is going up and the economy sucks and, hey, we're going to probably lock down again. Now he gets to talk about how we're going to face down evil Putin and these Please. terrible Russians, you know. He gets to play the tough guy, which he loves playing a tough guy. You know? oh, so that'll, he, that'll be really great so, for him. It's so pathetic. <laughs> he's he's clearly trying to, to, to be what he's not and trying yeah. to project that he's intelligent, that he's tough. Yeah. Um, and it's it's so sad. It uh, really even, is. Even he, without the dementia, even yeah. before that. And he was a horrible, horrible man. But you could also see just how sad, truly pathetic. sad he was. Pathetic. Yeah, pathetic. yeah. It's truly pathetic. Like, he thinks he's Dirty Harry. He's some, he's some, he's some Clint Eastwood character, obviously. Yeah. He's a very yeah. tough guy. Squinting and, just, and yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, just yeah. pathetic. It really yeah. is. It would be funny, truly funny. It would be a great running joke within a TV series or something if it wasn't actual real life. Yeah, indeed. But I mean, I, where I'm, where I am right now is if you read especially the Old Testament and you see over and over and over again, you know, Israel turns its back on God and they're worshiping idols and they're doing all kinds of horrible, horrible things. And God tells them over and over and over again, if you don't straighten yourselves out, I my permissive will is going to allow, you know, whoever, the Persians or, or whoever, to come in and you're going to get your butts kicked. Um, yep. So, I mean, I, I think that's pretty much where we are at this point, that Putin is one of those, Putin is analogous to one of the groups in the Old Testament that just gave Israel an absolute beat down because Israel turned their back on God. So that doesn't that doesn't make Putin good any more than it than it makes, no. you know, the 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 Persians who who kicked Israel's butt good. It doesn't make that good. It's just you you have to be punished and and his permissive will is going to allow this to happen and we've had every opportunity to, to fix this, to reform, to counter revolt, to turn back to yep. God. And it's not only have we not done that, we have doubled, tripled, quadrupled down. And yep. that's what's I mean, happening. Look, and look at, you know, it reminds me of the quote from Genghis Khan. I think he was maybe corresponding with <clears throat> Constantinople at the time or some, somebody. And and the gist of it was he, he called himself the, the punishment of God. I yeah. am the punishment of God. And yeah. that I think think you might be right. I think Putin and who knows? I mean, uh, any, any number of countries could be, could play that well, role. It's, been, it's, it's unfortunate. Been said that, I don't that, look forward to it, but it's been said that Islam is, uh, exists within God's permissive will in order to periodically yep. give beatdowns to, to Christendom when Christendom goes off the rails. And uh, it's it's hard to argue with that. The, and the only consolation is there are, it seems to me, that there are a non-trivial percentage and number of people 
within the United States culture, like ourselves right now, who are sitting here talking about this and acknowledging this. I think it's pretty rare, I'm not sure, but I think it's relatively rare in human history for people inside of a culture to be sitting around seriously talking about the fact that, yeah, we've got this coming. I mean, we've we've got a butt kicking that's been long overdue and it, you know, the chickens are coming home to roost now. I don't think that happens too terribly often. And I think that's like the gist of what, like the the prophet Jeremiah and these Old Testament prophets who are just saying, repent, (laughs) you you guys, we've got bad things are going to happen to us unless we all repent. And that's... We're we're kind of now we're in the latter day and maybe the end times version of that. So again, it's a wonderful time to be alive. It's a it's an honor to be alive in these days. If only somebody had appeared and warned us about Russia and the errors of Russia and the need to consecrate if, if and only. convert. If only. only. Boy, that would have been really cool. And, you know, someone someone really important that would really get people's attention. Yeah, like you somebody know? from the Old Testament. Oh, mm-hmm. Yep. Oh. Speaking of prophecies, uh, I, I don't, I, I don't have a reference to this. If I, if I can find one, I'll, I'll add it in the show notes. But uh, I seem to recall hearing from a priest once that, with regard to the end times and the, the, the chastisements that will be coming, it'll, it'll be from a band of or a, a, a um, an area where the Scythians used to live. And this is not Star Wars Sith. This is actually a, a group of nomadic. Um, people off the Russian steppe, and if you look at the at the historical areas just to the east of the border of Ukraine into Russia, that's the Scythian steppe right there. Oh, and where are they making the incursion from? Right from that territory. The Scythian yep. steppe. Yep. It's Dude. spelled S C Y T H I A N. Scythian mm-hmm. or Scythian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting history. They don't teach about the Scythians at all in history class, but they're one of the most pivotal and key uh i guess racial groups or civilizations uh, cultures or, yeah civilizations yeah. in history mm-hmm. they they defeated the persians multiple times they spawned multiple empires they they would break off here and there they were essentially they spawned the uh i believe the persians the assyrians the babylonians they were they were basically branches of the scythians and they they went so far as there's some there's not some, but there's a pretty decent amount of evidence that they actually moved deeper into Europe and branches of the Scythians became the Goths, became the yeah. uh, Saxons, uh, and they believe uh, the Anglo-Saxon invasion of England, or of what is now England, uh, they sent for reinforcements from Scythia. Wow. Uh, yeah, so they're actually a very big part of european and world history that never gets talked about isn't that the isn't that the area that's that is the caucasus and hence the name caucasian the caucasian race yeah that's what i thought yeah yeah the thinking is basically the scythians were one of the main uh i guess the one of the main descendants of noah's family essentially Mm -hmm. they were Mm -hmm. they kind of stayed put in that area and became the steppe warriors that ended up sort of conquering the the world around them. Mm-hmm. Very interesting history. Interesting, interesting. It's all happening, folks. Yep. Well, super nerd, what do you think? I think we're at an hour and 34 minutes. Yeah. 
Oh, and, and and I don't know. If we, we didn't mention it, but uh, Nurse Claire had technical difficulties. I don't know if we saw that. She lost power at her house. Oh no! Oh. Yeah, so she's. I thought she she's no longer with us. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, we were. You were talking about you know your military stuff and so on and so forth, and I thought she just wasn't saying anything, but I didn't realize she had. No, we we kicked her out of here. We, oh, no. <laughs> no, she. I guess no, she she went into prayer and contemplation. Yeah. yeah, she yeah. took it so she's, serious. She's, the power's out. She put a turned on a bless candle, turned on, lit a bless mm-hmm. candle, and no. she's doing the holy. I think she's doing. Oh no, she's doing either a Saint Martha novena, and then she's always she's always um, doing devotions to the Holy Face. Yep. So yeah, hope hopefully she's praying for us right now. Either that or Putin just rolled into wherever <laughs> she lives. So yeah. You know. yeah. <laughs> oh no. There are oh, tanks gosh. outside. What's going on? <laughs> I think I might have to delay this podcast. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm loading the AR right now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, super nerd, my friend, should we wrap this bad boy up? Yes. And we'll start with the email address. The email address for the podcast where you can send feedback, comments, suggestions, or how you coped with podcast overdose. You can send the email address to pot or send the email to podcast at barnhart.biz. And expresses her profound gratitude to all of her benefactors. At least one mass is said every single day, plus one traditional Catholic requiem mass for everybody who died in the previous week. Um, look at Ukraine. Um, there's going to be a lot of people included in these masses in the, in the coming weeks. Please pray yes. for these priests. Um, talking about uh, looking at the different videos of, uh, on YouTube, if you if you look at um, you know the hashtag Ukraine and what's going on there right now, it is not infrequent to see the Ukrainian priests leading prayer rallies and, and being front and center. Unlike, I, I, I don't know any place else in the world outside of maybe Hungary, maybe Poland, where, where, where priests, and I don't know if they're Catholics, but um, are so visible in society and, and, and manfully leading. Let's just hope that these are Catholic priests, but um, they're going to be singled out for attack. I mean, they're, uh, they're not orthodox, at least not the same kind of orthodox. Uh, we, were, we were chatting before we started recording that uh, one of the, the elements of Ukrainian history that I learned today, because yeah, I don't know, I went, I went to, well, I almost said American schools, but actually I went to um, Catholic school. But uh, I, I'd never learned Ukrainian history before, so I had watched a 17-minute video on, uh, animated video on, on Ukrainian history, and that's not doesn't make me an expert in anything. But what I didn't realize is that for a long swath of time, uh, most of what is now Ukraine was part of the Lithuanian Polish uh, empire. Yes, and yeah. so because of that, there was a lot of connection to Western philosophy, liturgy, and influence that uh, that Ukraine has had for a long time. So they, them wanting to be part of the EU and wanting to be part of NATO, this is something where they always have identified as being part of the Western you know, they're, they're with their with their Western neighbors, not the Russians to the northeast, except for a couple of areas like Donbass and the L one that I can't pronounce. Um, those have always been very traditionally Russian. And then Crimea was something else entirely. That was the Tartars and something else. So the the idea that where are the Russians now? Where where were they making their their big claims? It's around the area that wasn't always part of of, of the Lithuanian. Polish influence, but now uh, the Russians definitely want to come in and, and take over that as well. I'm making tangents here. The point was pray for the priests because things are going to happen to them, whether they're singled out and rounded up and thrown in gulags or what. Um, 
they they definitely need our our, our prayers and and our help and maybe help hiding them when when the day comes and i know that's going to happen at some point but there's already a mass uh movement of refugees into poland so um yeah it'll it'll be very interesting to, to see how these dynamics all play out and i saw hungary surged uh, a big chunk of their military toward their eastern border to uh deal with um they expect they're expecting a million uh immigrants coming in from ukraine and they're they just sent the military not, not to stop them as far as i know it's more to coordinate and do logistics mm-hmm. to help them come across and 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 help things out but uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a mess for a while, and who knows yeah. how this is going to turn out, and whether it'll even be contained to that area. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms, of, yes, pray for the priest, but also remember that the Barnhart podcast has a patron saint, Saint Tiny yes. Princess. I think I forgot to mention her on the last podcast. Um, don't forget to uh, don't forget to pray her, pray to her, and invoke her. She's very helpful, and we get notes from time to time that uh, hey, I, I prayed to Saint Tiny Princess, and things you know, my, my, my prayer is answered. She's powerful. Don't don't forget mm-hmm. to invoke her. The Barnhart Podcast is a value for value podcast. If you got some value out of this, whether it's just entertainment, education, reassurance, or just remember to have a holistic attitude toward health, uh, vitamins, exercise, all that good stuff. And if you find this valuable and would like to return some value, please go to supernerdmedia.com where you can find information for donating and supporting this. Um, no donor since the last podcast, but that was just two days ago, so... Nothing big there. And Matt, and I'll turn it over to you for the Matthew 1720. Okay, fourfold intention. And don't think that this isn't all completely connected to what's going on with these, with these events. Um, that Bergoglio be publicly recognized and removed as anti-Pope and the whole thing be nullified. That Ratzinger, Pope Benedict Ratzinger, be publicly recognized as having been the one and only living Pope since April 2005 that Bergoglio repent, revert to Catholicism, die in a state of grace in the fullness of time, and someday achieve the beatific vision, and that Pope Benedict Ratzinger repent of anything he might need to repent of, that he die in a state of grace in the fullness of time, and someday achieve the beatific vision. Nothing less will do. Our Lady of Copacabana, Slayer of the Pachamama Demon, pray for us. Amen. And uh, Dr. Beep, any final words before we sign off? Nope. I don't think so. You I, have I you, okay. Everybody's been waiting in breathless anticipation for your glorious return, in which you drop a little bit of, of Arnold <laughs> on us. So you you have to say something. Oh, we we have to have a cold open. We, you have to give us you have to give us a blurb for the cold open. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> hold on, I gotta get warmed up. It's it's late at night here. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> has to warm up his voice. I have to warm, I have, and plus, I, I'm I'm fighting off this cold. It's just really, I've got all kinds of excuses. But uh, let me see here. Uh, get get down. Get get out of the Ukraine. I don't know. Is that? Oh my goodness. Putin. <laughs> All right, that's a all good right. one. I, that's oh a, that's a cold open. The Putin, I like that one. Okay, thank you, right. thank you, yeah. sir. <laughs> yeah. All right, see you guys. <laughs> Thanks, thank you, Super Nerd. Wrap us up. Until next time, I'm Super Nerd, and I'm Man. Thanks, guys. God bless. Oh, I just can't stop working out. I'm getting huge, but it's all muscle.